0: It's February 20th, and we are already in Lent. Not the earliest possible Lent, but pretty early. It is though, more significantly, the second COVID Lent. We've already forgotten all the reflections and realizations we had last year during Lent about how COVID was forcing us to really live Lent, giving a lot of things up, working less, driving less, shopping less, and then we had to stop going to Mass. Last Lent was a real fast, from a lot of things. I guess the whole year, 2020, was a bit of an extended Lent. And now we're back at it again. What does that mean then? What Lenten insights will we have this year? Does it have to do with suffering, with abstinence, with letting go and surrender? All those are good Lenten themes. Maybe it doesn't have to do so much with giving things up as it has to do with taking things on, Are you going to do some more spiritual reading? Less screen time and more reading of real books? More time with family? More time at adoration? If churches are open and you're working from home, maybe there's more time for daily Mass. How about a weekly private Stations of the Cross devotion? How about praying the Angelus every day at noon? How can you take your faith and spiritual life to the next level? Because that's really what Lent is all about. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Saltonite Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And we are so happy to be back. Billy, did you have a good break?
1: I have a good break. You know, it's Chinese New Year. You was Chinese New Year last week. Yes,
0: last week. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. the year of Ox, you know, so people need to work hard. You know, just like the um, okay. cow you know <laughs>
0: that's not so that's what it means the year of the ox the year of working hard um do you did you have any special celebrations or did you have did you eat anything no special? we
1: no actually you know because of the pandemic usually we you know just just like everyone else sit together you know have um something like thanksgiving dinner things like that but no not this year we have a lot of virtual meeting just like us now, you know, so,
0: <laughs> a lot of a lot virtual, of virtual
1: uh, blessing, virtual, um, yeah, yes. yeah.
0: I think that that's what I'm giving up for Lent. It's virtual meetings. It's too many <laughs> meetings. Um, I know, and it's crazy that it's already Lent, but I guess it's often it's Chinese New Year around the same time that it's the beginning of Lent. No.
1: Yes, yes. You know, I remember a year uh, the Ash Wednesday is exactly the same day, same day as the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. And I need to fast because my, my parents were not, uh, Catholic. And I, I said, I need to fast. And they said, no, please. No.
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you can't, yeah that's-, yeah, that's fasting on Ash Wednesday, but not on Chinese new year. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're, we're just happy to be back. Um, but it's nice to take a little break from the show and, and give our listeners an opportunity to, to, to hear some of the, 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 the really good interviews that we did in, um, in the past. Um, but we continue today with our regular programming and sister Marie Paul Curley is going to be with us. She has three film uh, three or two films. I'm not sure that she wants to to suggest for us to begin our Lenten journey. So that's great. And the only thing I can say is that these are not films on the life of Christ. Oh, so she's got some suggestions there for Lent. Um, And then Billy, you will have a question uh, for church. Yes. Yes. I have a
1: question. I have a furniture question to you
0: a furniture question <laughs> okay how to build an altar <laughs> okay so that's coming up in about 10-15 minutes with Billy Church for Dummies and then Billy I, I know we were talking about virtual meetings and, and this and that and people being working from home and all that and I know there's yes. been a lot of conversation about mental health oh yeah and, and I how, think I have some you have some you, you need I, some mental health <laughs>
1: I <laughs> no, you know, I think, you know, to be honest, I think uh different people have different uh needed you know, during this pandemic uh you know period. And the thing is, you cannot really see people's face nowadays, right? No. When you go out, you know, you, you go out for closer, you can only see people with masks as well. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know how much time you actually see people smile.
0: No. You know, no i know not, I not much I know. now
1: yeah. i i see you smile I, I, I was so happy in the beginning of this uh Saturday night hour I, I see you smile that's that's crazy i mean you know now you can see people smile that's, that's a good point so, i thought
0: you know i had thought about not seeing people's faces but the fact that you don't see people's smiles i wonder how that affects your mental health yeah
1: he's actually affected you know and and i see some baby you know newborn baby yeah they never see people
0: i know I know this, that's going to be difficult. I find. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, in our second half an hour uh, today, we're going to be speaking about mental health issues because there's an organization out in Vancouver that actually mm-hmm. specializes in helping faith communities and churches help people that are struggling with mental health issues. And I'm sure that we're going to learn that mental health issues are not just uh, diseases that are diagnosed, but I mean, any th- any stress any anxiety, mm-hmm. anything that that all comes under mental health. So we're going to be speaking with Dan Daniel Whitehead. He's the CEO of a, the organization. It's called Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. So oh, wow. uh, we're going to be speaking with Daniel Whitehead in our second half hour. I need um, to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you should. And in fact, they've created a course that is specifically designed for Catholics. So oh, Billy, that, that one's for you. Um, so that'll be <laughs> in about 20 minutes. And then at the end of the program, guess what? Guess wow. what, Billy? We have a music, a, music. a new singer songwriter, someone who has not been on the show yet.
1: Wow! Um, wow!
0: Yeah, I know. I'm always amazed how how there's so many talented artists out there. So her name is Andrea Thomas. Now you might remember for their Christmas special, we mm-hmm. featured a group that was called the Vigil Project.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Andrea is involved with the Vigil Project. Um, in fact, she's one of the founders of the Vigil Project. So. Uh, but she's also an artist in her own right. So we're going to be meeting her at the end of the program and listening to uh, some of her, of her songs throughout. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so that's all coming up. Lots, lots coming up, Billy. So um, a reminder to our listeners that if you're not going to be around to listen to the full show, you just need to go to that wonderful website that Billy works on every day slmedia.org slash podcast, and you can listen to all our programs there. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Spotify or or wherever wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so Billy, how about we start with a song? Please,
1: we need music.
0: We need music, more music, less masks, more music. Um, (laughs) So um, here's a good song actually to start us off on our Lenten journey. It's Andrea Thomas with a classic. People will know this. Were you there? From the Vigil Project album, Watch and Pray, Songs for Lent and Easter. That was andrea thomas with were you there from the vigil project watch and pray songs for lent and easter and we're going to be speaking with andrea thomas at the end of the program and in a little bit billy will be back with a question he says about furniture and now it's time for windows to the soul with sister marie paul Kirby. sister welcome back to the program happy new year good to see you
2: happy new year happy lunar new year and i guess blessings for a very fruitful Mm. and wonderful lent um i think this year it's kind of easy to step into the spirit of lent isn't it because it kind of feels like we've been living a whole lenten year yes
0: the lenten year year, the second COVID lent
2: yeah yes
0: yeah Yeah. but But it's it's a good time i mean I was going to say a good time to watch movies, but that's about all we've been doing all year is watching movies.
2: This is true. And I do have a couple recommendations to um, start us off um, in a, you know, to start off our Lent, to look at it as maybe an opportunity to deepen our journey. Mm-hmm. And of course, Lent is all about, uh, you know, entering into the Paschal mystery and, And maybe, I, you know what, I just want to do a plug before I jump into the movies. I just want to do a plug for, you know, all of us are going through so much um, uh, during this time. And as Catholics, we have a very special gift of being able to unite what we're going through, any sufferings or difficulties, as well as our joys, but especially our sufferings to unite them to the passion of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it just brings that suffering to a completely different level. It makes it I don't know how to describe it, but it it's not easier really, but it is, it's easier. It gives it meaning and it makes the suffering uh, accepting the suffering an act of love. And anytime right. we can bring love to our daily life, uh, that that's transforming, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think God really blesses that. Um, so yeah. anyway, I, that's just a little plug for getting off to a good start for love.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know. Um Yes, Lent is always a good time to to be reminded of that. So thank you.
2: you. Yes. Uh, Movies, to start off our Lenten journey, uh, you have a Lenten movie that you see almost every year?
0: Yeah, I'd say maybe it's more of a Holy Week movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but it's a great film. I think it's a wonderful film, Jesus Christ Superstar.
3: Ah, I'm not necessarily
0: crazy about the actual musical, but I think it's a wonderful film. I mean, from a from a filmmaker's point of view, it's a fabulous film, maybe not the most accurate Jesus story, but there's some (laughs) some some absolute truths that can be found in Jesus Christ Superstar.
2: Yeah. And isn't the gift of a musical to evoke emotion and connect us emotionally at a different level? Yes. I think it does that very well. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I would, that's, that's, that's a good, I mean, I think Lives of Christ are great movies yes. to watch and to enter into uh, during Lent. I have a couple other suggestions that aren't the Lives of Christ, just okay. to, movies that talk more about journey and transformation. And the first one is in Oldie Goldie. It's called The Scarlet and the Black. Oh, yeah. It, it is, uh, it stars Gregory Peck as Monsignor O'Flaherty. Yes. And uh, Christopher Plummer, who just recently mm-hmm. passed he just away. Passed. Uh, it's, he's brilliant in his role as really the Nazi war criminal, uh, the na- Nazi command mm-hmm. colonel of Herbert Kepler. Now, this is based on a true story. Yes. I believe the book is called The Scarlet Pimpernel of the Vatican. Yes. Uh, which, if you're familiar with that story, is a lot of fun. Uh, but it's based on the true story of how um, Monsignor Flaherty, who lived and worked at the Vatican, rescued oh, I can't remember the number of uh, prisoners of war and escaped prisoners of wars and and Jews and other victims or could have been victims of the Holocaust hid them in the Vatican and around the city of Rome at great personal risk and uh, even going out in disguises and things anyway it's a great it's a great film it's it's a little slow it's a made-for TV movie done in the 80s I don't know if children might need a a background in World War II, and it is dealing with some pretty serious issues. Uh, there are a few torture scenes, so i am mm-hmm. it's not appropriate for young children, and it's a little slow for them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But about 20 minutes in, the film starts to ramp up, and 20 minutes more, you're kind of like, is he gonna make it back to the Vatican alive, you right. know, after he risks his life for, for different people? Um, it's, and, and And who doesn't wanna see Christopher Plummer and Gregory Peck? Right off in a great yes. film. I mean, they're both brilliant actors. So uh, and it's it's got a very it, it's it's a movie that's meant to be seen to the end because Monsignor Flaherty is a very human is very human mm-hmm. and he suffers a lot during this time. So I I highly encourage it for a sense of, you know, what the journeys that each of these men make and um, and, and just this whole idea of conversion and being open to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the needs of suffering humanity and being willing to put oneself out there to help uh, very powerful film.
0: Okay. The Scarlet and the black. Good.
2: Yes. Yes. And the, the second film is a more recent film and it's, it's uh, made in Sweden that's based on a popular novel. It's called a man called Ove uh-huh. uh, and the films with English subtitles. It's, it's, it's an amazing story of an older man who's a widower who has basically given up on life. Now this Mm. film definitely has adult themes in it. So I would recommend deals with the theme of suicide. Uh, So I do recommend, you know, if if you're seeing it as a family film that the adults, one of the adults would see it ahead of time and you may want to discuss it afterwards. But this man who has given up in life, who has so much pain, who is such a, a, so irritating, a, a pain to everybody he interacts with it shows his journey. He feels like life is over for him and yet he cannot, he cannot not respond to the needs of others. And uh, it's, it's quite an amazing film. And again, a film about transformation. So very much a character development film, but a really good, both films offer something to that idea of Looking at ourselves, seeing ourselves a little bit differently and uh, being trans, allowing the circumstances that the Lord allows for us, uh, allowing that to transform us. Um, a Man Called Obey is not a religious film at all, but no. that human transformation and the, tra- the power right. of love and the power of a beautiful marriage. Oh,
0: okay. So lots of good themes. Um, You're making me think that we don't necessarily think of Lent as a time of transformation. We kind of Mm -hmm. think that Easter is that time, but it's good to know that Lent leads us to Easter. So to think of Lent as a time of transformation, not just journey is is also good. So where could people watch these? Are these? um...
2: Oh, A Man Called Ove is available for regular rental. Um, Some libraries have it and uh, Scarlet in the Black. Oh, I didn't look that up. Okay. I'm sure it's around. I'm sure it's around. It might be
0: it's around, yeah. So if people search, do an online search, they should be able to find uh, these classics. Um, thank you, sister. This is good. You're always giving us good suggestions. So, um, in all this uh, extra time that we have for movie watching, we can maybe schedule in some some good movies that are going to help us in on our Lenten journey.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of stay with you, yes. You know, and um, and yes. then allow you to kind of unpack it for yourself. So
0: very good okay well good thank you great beginning to this lent to you and to your sisters
2: thank you and you all are always in our prayers
0: thank you there you go sister marie paul curly windows to the souls sister marie paul is with the congregations of the daughters of saint paul and you can read her blog at windows to the soul dot wordpress.com and you can follow her at sister m paul coming up church for dummies so stay tuned
1: Hi, this is Mike Boucher, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Salt and Light Hour and take the show with you wherever you go. Now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. And Billy has a question about, about furniture.
1: Yes, yes. You know, it's about furniture. Um, well, I am actually thinking about to set up a little prayer corner in my okay. house. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously, you know, people say that you can pray any corner mm-hmm. of your house. You can do whatever, whenever you want. But I want to have some kind of settings like atmosphere and, you know, so I can, I can pray better, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, talk to God better. So when we come to the question of uh, what cross should i get uh, because there is a lot of different cross you know uh, okay yeah no, that's
0: a good, yeah no it's a really good question and can i just say that i think it's really good that that you're setting up a prayer corner um maybe a lot of people at home are finding that because they can't go to a church or they they're not able to go out as much that they want to set up a prayer corner um I think it's always good, even if you don't set up a corner to have a place uh-huh. that's dedicated for prayer, whether that's, you know, you're a nice, comfortable chair or, or something. Now, if you're able to have a little corner or some people even set up a little altar, um, you Ooh. can do that. But, and we can talk about that if there's time, but let's look yeah. at the, uh, the, the idea with the cross. I, You know what? You don't need a cross to set up a corner. So that's the first thing wow. I'm going to say. Wow. Um, but if having a cross helps you. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any any book, any rule that says that it has to be uh, this cross or that cross um, or whether it has to be a crucifix and, and not just a cross. Um, I know that... Yeah, Catholic...
1: there is a is, uh, uh, cross that is no crucifix. Can Catholic use it? Can we, yeah, you know... Yeah, can we use um,
0: it? yeah absolutely. So, um, and maybe maybe just to make the distinction because maybe people haven't ever thought about it. So a cross a cross does not have the body of Jesus on it. A crucifix has the body it's mm-hmm. actually called the corpus, the, the body. So, okay. um, and, and uh, an interesting point we might've talked to remember when we spoke about what you need for mass, what, what elements yes. you actually need to celebrate yes. mass. So in order to celebrate mass, you actually need a crucifix, not a cross. It has to be oh. a crucifix with the body uh, on the, on the cross. Um. Uh, so the processional cross usually is yeah. is a crucifix. It has the body. Yes. And I think that that goes back to, and I'm not sure where, but St. Paul says that we proclaim Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. In one of the letters, St. Paul says that we, we, we preach Christ crucified. We don't preach just the cross. We preach Christ crucified. So I think there's something about that. And that's a very Catholic thing. Protestants, um, I think the argument is that they'll say, well, Christ came down from the cross. He's, he resurrected, so it's okay to reflect on the cross, but Christ is yeah. no longer on the cross. Whereas we think that there's value in, in focusing on the suffering um, and the brokenness and uh, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, how Christ suffered for us. And can I just tell you something? Um, yeah. we, when we got married, uh-huh. um, m- some of the friends of my mother, the gift that we received as a wedding present is a crucifix. And the little uh-huh. card said, and it, I think it's such a beautiful thing, it said, you know, this cru- may this crucifix always remind you of how you have to love each other because you have wow. to stop, you die for each other, like love your wife the way Christ loves the church. And how did Christ wow. love the church? By dying for So I don't think you get the same effect if it's a, just a cross.
1: Wow, that's so beautiful. You know, yeah, you, you is, just it, make it, you know, and you link it to the marriage. is just something wonderful
0: it is it is and i and i think that it's so so if we want to remember what christ did for us just looking at the cross maybe doesn't help help you go as deep as looking at a crucifix but but there's no no rule that says that you have to have a cross or a crucifix or or if it has to be some some crosses have the body painted on the cross some yeah. is a separate little like a separate little statue that is hanging on the cross uh-huh. um and i, they, I, don't, and I don't,
1: the cross uh, you come across when I, you know, search online, you know, when, when I shop online, uh, based across uh, Jesus is just like um, um going to the heaven, like flying, mm-hmm. flying up to mm-hmm. the heaven. Is it still good? He's not uh
0: suffering, uh,
1: well, I, uh face. I mean, again, yeah. there's
0: no there's no again, there's no right or wrong. You can have a, a, a cross that has Jesus in front of it, looking like he's in fact, in my church, the cross that's mm-hmm. hanging above the altar mm-hmm. has Jesus in front of the cross ascending into heaven Uh, Um, okay but on the altar we have a crucifix because we need a crucifix for mass um but i i I, it doesn't really matter i'd say find a cross that you like that reminds you of something a lot of people have the cross that pope john paul ii made made famous it was his cross and there's been tons of replicas of that little cross um and it's a sorry it's a crucifix um i don't think uh francis uses the same one but i think Uh benedict did use the same one um I so uh, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I just find that, you know, a prayer corner with a with a cross that I can always focus on. Um yeah, you know, it's is uh, for me myself specifically, it's very easy to get distracted. You yes. know when we when, when we do our prayer. So yeah. there's something that I can look look up to, focus on that will be great. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, the same if you look at your rosary. Some rosaries have a crucifix. Yes some don't my the one the one that I have from the Holy Land is just a cross. Um, I I, I don't think it matters. Um, Uh You made me think of something else. Uh, There was a a deacon friend of mine who tells a story of going to the hospital. And a lot of times he would see patients and the patient was not able to speak back. So Uh he sometimes felt that he had to, you know, sort of say some prayers and, and trusting that the patient can hear his prayers. He decided to start bringing a little crucifix with him and so so that he could give the when he gave the patient the crucifix even if the patient was not able to speak you could tell that just holding the crucifix in their hand kind of really connected with them and made them feel like they were participating in the prayer so um, especially sometimes he would have a patient that did not speak the same language you know, we're yeah. in, in Canada, in Toronto, there's, yeah. you know, okay, cultural, yeah. Exactly right. You go and there's a Chinese patient and they don't speak English and you don't, and you're Italian and, but he gave them a crucifix and that was the connection that they had. So he started taking a crucifix with him, a little one, to the hospital every time he went. So
1: Yeah, I hope we can all speak in different tongues.
0: <laughs> yes, in different tongues. Anyway, so yeah, no, good question. Um, you can set up your, actually, maybe next week, we can continue talking about your prayer corner if you wanted to have yeah, more. Yeah, and
1: you about talk that. about the altar as well. We, we should actually talk about that. About the altar. That would be great.
0: All right, okay, we can do that. So, but but the short answer today is cross or crucifix, whatever you like, whatever works for you that reminds you of what Jesus did for you, I think works for you that's good thank you all right you're welcome Billy Billy Chan our webmaster here at slmedia.org you can follow him at chan. coming up in our second half hour a talk about mental health and we meet singer-songwriter Andrea Thomas so stay tuned Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour part two. I'm Deacon Pedro. It seems incredible, but one in four people will be affected by a mental health problem at some point in their lives. But there's still stigma surrounding mental illness, and this affects how we in our churches and faith communities respond. There are lots of resources to help people help those with mental health issues, but not all of them are dedicated to helping communities of faith to raise awareness, reduce stigma, support mental health and promote mental well-being. But this is the mission of Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Daniel Whitehead. He's the CEO of Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries from his home in Vancouver, British Columbia. Daniel, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be with you.
0: It's a it's an important conversation, so I'm I'm happy to uh, to have you with us, so you can help us with this. Because I I think that a lot of us know people or have people in our families, but nobody talks about it. And then when we look at our faith communities, I mean, I read that that statistic, and I think does that mean that people in the pews, maybe one in four, are struggling with, or at least every family has someone. So I guess I I think I know how you're going to answer but what what would you say th- why would you say that there's a need to address mental health issues mm. from a faith-based perspective is it different
4: mm. yeah that's a that's a great question i think um there's a few ways of tackling that but i think probably the 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 most important point to make is you know for those of us that have a faith i mean this is our faith is um central to our personhood it's central to how we understand the world how we make sense of it Mm -hmm. and I know for me um, to live in a way that is theologically informed and integrated in every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. is a really important endeavor and it's something I as a parent try to help my children do as well So, I I mean, there is absolutely no reason that mental health should be excluded from that. Um, I think there are a number of reasons and factors, but I think there is a a unique and specific form of stigma that often uh, comes with faith communities. And I don't think anyone intended it that way. But sadly, it does become the unspoken uh, issue. And when things are hidden away in the darkness, I think they become distorted because they're they're inadvertently ignored. So I think one way to address that is to bring it into the light and to to talk about it.
0: So do you mean that because people, because if I, if I have faith, then I shouldn't be having mental health issues, that that's one of the problems that's specific with people that are religious?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think particularly in Western culture, we do have a predisposition to, um, you know, success is defined by our ability to produce mm-hmm. and our ability to be well and, and uh, these subtle things creep in. And so people do sadly or can feel shame about struggles they're having and feel like, you know, if I admit this, I'm admitting an inferior faith and of right. course the irony is when we look in the scriptures and we read the psalms of lament for instance yes i mean 40% of the the songbook of the bible <laughs> is people lament and complaining about how terrible the world is yes um but also finding hope in the midst of that and and right. learning how to live faithfully through that that's the, that's the key in in those right. psalms is that um people realize god is with them and i think certainly people in the midst of a mental health crisis need to know that God is with them. And and one way we do that as a community is to offer hospitality and love and support and understanding. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, so they do need, they might need medical help, but there's yes. also a pastoral and spiritual component to that, which is why I'm intrigued by, I mean, your organization, it, you call yourselves a ministry.
4: Hmm.
0: um, and, and is that, that, that seems to be very important. You're not just doing counseling or. No, you know you know psychiatry but you're actually doing ministry
4: absolutely yeah i mean we would we would totally advocate for doctors doing their jobs and psychologists and therapists we are big champions of of people getting medical support and clinical support Mm -hmm. but we would say the church has a unique role in offering support and and one one mistake often churches make is they they try and become like doctors or like therapists and And actually, I think let doctors be doctors, let therapists be therapists and the spiritual community can do what it can do, which is to offer love, support, prayer, you know, all of those things which which create a circle of care for a person in the midst of crisis.
0: Right. And and I guess conversation, which is part of what we're doing here right now. Um, I'm thinking that maybe we need to just take a step back and clarify. So when you when we talk about mental health or mental health issues, what are we talking about?
4: Yeah, so, I mean, we, we actually refer to the work of an American uh, sociologist and psychologist called Dr. Corey Keyes, and he talks about mental health as a continuum. Mm-hmm. And mental health is distinct from mental illness. Um, you can be diagnosed with or without a mental illness, but mental health is something that every human being has. Mm-hmm. and it's something that exists on a continuum and it moves around depending on what's happening in our lives so it, it can intersect with the mental illness but mm-hmm. but not necessarily so I think we all need to accept that depending on what's going on in our lives external factors the global pandemic would be a, 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 an obvious example of that right but most of us are actually struggling a bit in these times and um, so mental mm-hmm. health is something everyone has and it can move around and we need to cultivate and think carefully about how are we stewarding our lives in such a way that we're pursuing flourishing uh, rather than accepting languishing in our mental health.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's a good uh, point of distinction that you don't have to be diagnosed or have, you know, schizophrenia, but if you yeah. have stress, that also affects your mental, your mental health. Um, you have a course, the sanctuary course, but you've developed uh I guess, can I call it a version of it? That's so the, the sanctuary mm. course for Catholics. Why why do Catholics need their own course? <laughs>
4: yeah, well, it's a, it's a great question. Um, we created an ecumenical course uh, about two years ago, and I got it into the hands of the then director of formed, uh, Jade Hendricks, who's become yes. a good friend. And Jade really loved the resource. And, before he, he wanted to put it on form, and I said, do you think there's any merit to us creating something that feels more Catholic? So mm. that, um, you know, I'm just very aware, being a Brit who lives in Canada and having travelled the world, that, that you know, culture is important and it's, it's important to help people right. uh, to feel comfortable in these conversations. So we embarked on creating something that, was very much informed by Catholic theology. We have two archbishops in it. Um, yeah. Archbishop Aquila of Denver and Archbishop Miller of Vancouver yeah. and, uh, uh, Divine Mercy University in Sterling, Virginia. So we've got all of these great Catholic thinkers and, uh, to influence it. And we've created something that is just feels distinctly Catholic, but has the same message.
0: Right. Yeah. I guess the language also that you use could, could be different. Um, how does the course work? Uh, you know, is it, uh, yeah, how does it work? Who is it for?
4: Yeah, so uh, the course is, everything is downloadable on Formed at the moment. There will be other distribution channels in the future, but but we're thrilled to have it on Formed. Um, people can download it directly from Formed. Um, there are eight sessions, uh, eight films that are approximately 20 minutes each. There's a discussion guide, which is downloadable from Formed. We actually also have an audiobook for people who uh, don't like reading or can't oh, read. They can listen yeah. to someone um, reading it to them. And we actually got Dr. Scott Heffelfinger, who's a theologian, to to do the audiobook. Nice. Uh, so everything's downloadable on Formed. You can gather in parish groups or just small groups of friends and and go through the material together to facilitate some great discussion around faith and mental health and how it, how it intersects.
0: So is it for, I mean, it sounds like it's for anyone that's interested in having those conversations. Do you say that it's more of a support for for church leaders or faith leaders so that they can be more aware of how to support people that are having through uh, going through mental health issues?
4: Yeah. I mean, we, so we, we have always created all our resources are with the whole church in mind. Okay. Um, having said that, very often what a church will do is leaders will go through it and then they'll introduce it to their congregation. Because I guess the point with this is we all need to be informed and um, and educated on how to support someone, what to say, what not to say, um, which is often just as important as, as knowing what to say is what not to say. Yeah. So I think uh, it is for the whole church, but, but certainly, yeah, there are leaders often go through it uh, first.
0: Right. Okay. So, but it's, but it's, it, it's easy to access. It's uh, easy to facilitate. Um, yes. It's easy to do during a pandemic when you can't gather together. Um, so it yeah. sounds like it's, it's a great resource. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for, uh, for doing the work that you do and for sharing it with us today and, and for creating this, this special uh, uh, resource that I think uh, is going to be very useful for a lot of, a lot of parishes um yeah it's a great, it's an important conversation so i'm happy to to have been able to have that with you today
4: oh well thank you it is our joy to do it it really is uh, we feel very privileged to do this work and to partner with god and with people of faith all over the world so uh, thank you thank you for your work too
0: thank you and, and yeah no it's good to know about your organization too i think a lot of our listeners will be intrigued and might want to check you out and find out uh some of the other offerings that you might have so uh i encourage our listeners to to go and do that so thank you daniel have uh, have a great rest of the week
4: We do. god Will bless do.
0: daniel whitehead he's the ceo of sanctuary mental health ministries you can find out more about their work at their website sanctuarymentalhealth.org um, that's also where you can find out more about the course the sanctuary course for catholics which can also be accessed on formed so that's formed.org if you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just visit us at slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Andrea Thomas with Find Me from her album, Will You Go?
3: I'm not asking for good fortune. I'm not asking to find. in the
0: Will you go? Andrea Thomas is a worship leader, songwriter, and speaker from Cincinnati, Ohio. Having toured and recorded with Colin Ray, Andrea Thomas released two albums before she embarked on a project with several other Catholic artists, which has turned into a full ministry organization called The Vigil Project that we featured on this program for our last Christmas special. So, of course, we wanted to feature Andrea on our show. I had the chance to speak with her earlier this week. Andrea, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to meet you.
5: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to kind of finally finally be on your show. This is so exciting. There you
0: go. That's what everybody dreams to be on my show, right? Um, I, I always like Well, to... everybody
5: has been on your show, though. I mean, you know, it's true. Everybody's been on your show, so now I get to join the ranks.
0: Yes, welcome. Um, Tell me a little bit about about growing up. Uh, you live in Cincinnati. Did you grow up in Cincinnati? What was growing up like?
5: Yes, I'm from here. I'm from Cincinnati where I'm I'm back living now. And I, I love it here. Um, I am from a really massive Italian family here. So I'm one of nine kids and um, I have uh, there. I'm one of 61 cousins on my mom's side oh, from God. here. Yes. But then to even it out, to be fair, I have one cousin on my dad's side. So, you know, that kind of evens it out, but, um, yeah, so huge Italian family, (laughs) big foodie family, like those families that like everything you do revolves around food. Like that's us. Um, and you know, super blessed to be from a a Catholic family was raised with the faith and, um,
0: Okay, because you was know gonna, my
5: family truly is incredible. So
0: yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So big family, Italian, Catholic, mm-hmm. kind of everybody yeah. trumped up to mass every Sunday, take up a whole pew, yeah. that kind of thing.
5: We are a whole pew kind of family. How did you know exactly? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> what was there a lot of music growing up at home?
5: Um, both my parents have appreciation and affinity for music, um, but neither of them were musicians, um, so to speak, neither of them were writers. My dad actually gave me, I'm looking at it right here in my office, um, Mm. his first ever like vinyl record from when he was in a boys choir in the seventh grade, um, which is so precious and sweet. And then my mom did some singing at church growing up, but nothing, nothing hugely profound. I, I can't really explain my leaning to music other than, you know, just one of those things. I feel like it's been sort of in my in my heart ever since I can remember. One of those cheesy lines, you know. Okay, but no, but I, truly. So
0: ever since you can remember, when when do you remember it sort of beginning? Maybe not just the well. You the know when they me- say, maybe "I was going to say maybe not just the love for music, but it, playing an instrument or writing your first song." Like when did that begin?
5: Yeah, well, you know how they say, "Like she danced before she could walk." My parents actually have like footage of me hoisting myself up on a coffee table and really like truly dancing before I could walk. Yeah. Um, and I was a girl after two boys in my family. So I'm number three. And when you have two older brothers, you tend to be super competitive. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like sports and music. Um, I don't think I'm the most natural musician in my family though. Like I think a couple of my siblings have definitely more sort of innate ability, I would say, okay. um, just based on how they play by ear now. But um, I just, you know, started singing when I was in grade school and got involved in choirs and things like that. And then when mm-hmm. I was in high school is when and I, I stopped playing volleyball in high school, um, like in my latter years, because I really started thinking, I love this enough that yeah. I might just want to dedicate my my life and my career. So I couldn't see professional volleyball really going anywhere. So I'm like, I've got a mm-hmm. sort of I only have so many hours. So I dropped sports, and I really just delved into the arts in my latter years in college and and high school, and then in into school. college. So, so you,
0: you pursued um, music in college.
5: Yeah, I started out studying what um, what they call commercial vocal performance at Belmont University in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. then, I don't know if you've ever—I'm sure you've heard of Veggie Tales. The oh kids yes, show, of veggie course. Veggie Tales. Yes. 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 On a complete whim, Deacon—true story. Complete whim. At the end of my first semester of college. They happen to be hosting the auditions on campus. And I pulled an all-nighter with a friend and just needed to stay up. So I heard one time that even better than a cup of coffee, oxygen actually wakes up your body. So I'm like, let's work out. So we'd stay up all night like crazy college kids, went to the gym at like six o'clock in the morning. No one's there. And I see this sign that says VeggieTales auditions. And I just told you there's a million kids in my family. So I'm like, we know what that is. Like, what are they auditioning for? And it turned out they were auditioning for a live stage show. And on a whim, I went in and and auditioned. And would you know, they they cast me as the lead for a hundred show music tour the following spring. So I ended up... Yeah. So I ended up taking off the semester, which gave my parents an absolute heart attack, of course. And, um, but it was the best opportunity I could have asked for because it really gave me some real life experience. Yeah.
0: And, and some money. Um, uh, yes. (laughs) So it was like you, so like you were like wearing a cucumber costume for a hundred people ask
5: that all the time. (laughs) I was actually their human best friend. So if you can sort of imagine taking, you know, kids to like a kid show and you've got like the kind of semi-annoying, like kind of high pitched, high energy, like, you know, best friend that keeps the show going. Like you're yeah, looking at her. That, that was, would
0: have been you. Me. Yeah, because that's strange. Because you're not very high energy at all. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, those dance skills from the time I was two that kind of kicked in there oh, too. Wow. A very high high performance show.
0: That's great. So when did you when did you start writing writing music or writing your first song?
5: Good question. Right around right around then. Yeah. Um, and it's in it and it's funny how music um, can sort of. You know music and and if it's fascinating to me how people that go through difficult seasons in life that are artistic art kind of tends to be birthed from that place like there's mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. know either the high highs or the low lows is kind of like in many many moments not all but in a lot of moments it tends to be where you write from mm-hmm. and i remember after that tour it was the tour was coming to an end and I remember really wanting to go back to Nashville and performance like my I really felt like that's what I was supposed to do with my life was uh, musical theater was my first love and mm-hmm. artistic love. And I wanted to go be a secular artist and, and perform um, and really felt like I had that in my future. And then I will never forget, though, nearing the end of that tour. And I could not deny the lack of peace in my heart going back to that world, going back mm-hmm. to everything I had built in Nashville. Um. And other than just telling you it was a, a grace, um, you know, I just felt like God was asking me to go another direction. And that's when it was truly to that point in my life, probably the toughest decision I ever made. I was so distraught about it because I couldn't, it wasn't reasonable. You know, I was like,
0: mm-hmm. even on
5: scholarship, there was it things that really is, were pulling yeah. me back. Yeah, And um, I, I just knew that he was asking me to take a leap of faith. So that's when I totally shifted gears and I ended up transferring up to study business and theology at Franciscan university. And that's where I finished my degree. And in that turmoil, I would say is when I started writing.
0: Yeah. Wow. So there was a little bit of a conversion, a little bit of a nudge there. Um, I, I, our listeners are familiar with the Vigil project and I know that you were instrumental in, in that, that project kind of coming together. <laughs> um, do you find that? Cause you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you had two albums before the Vigil project and then now uh, is a lot of your work then f- yes with the visual project like andrea thomas is no more and now like tell me about that transition
5: well n- i will never we we were very huge on artists not losing their identity like i've been actually writing an out al- like my, my third album for the last couple of years and we'll see when that gets recorded mm-hmm. um but the majority of my work at least the last has been collaboration with the other artists in the collective of the Vigil Project. Mm-hmm. music, we say, um, you know, the Vigil Project featuring this artist. So yes. I do think it's important that we, you know, we, we maintain sort of that, um, the, the identity of who we are. And at the same time, it's been a, one of the greatest joys to sort of, you know, uh, experience collaboration in a very true way and bringing my strengths to the table and having them complemented with someone else's strengths and maybe the things I'm not good at, be, you know, mm-hmm. be elevated because I'm I'm rubbing elbows with somebody who's really good at that thing. It's been a real amazing experience. Um, and I did not see the video project coming in my future at all. I didn't know I'd be a founding member of this group I at all. It sort of happened. We joked that it was a happy accident, but you know, you look Mm -hmm. back hindsight's 2020, God was setting us up for it the whole time. Um, but when I was in the performance world, I'll tell you what, Deacon, the one place I did not want to be was Catholic music. I'm like, Lord, listen, (laughs) anywhere, but there, okay. Like anywhere, but there. And now that I'm here, I really truly like, look, I look at, at where, what, like the movement of the spirit. it's nothing short and miraculous. And and I feel like it's been a path of discovery of what was actually in my heart the whole time, because I believe right now for a time, such as this one in our church, authentically beautiful, excellent music and art can be such a healer in a world that is, uh, you know, right now, let's just be honest. It's, it's not easy out there and people are broken and it's, and it's tough. And so I think like kind of holding that, that, that kind of torch high um, mm-hmm. for people to be drawn to the light and drawn to the beauty is um, it's a privilege.
0: It, it is. And, and maybe again, it's a good, it's a good place for a plug for the Vigil project. If there are anyone listening and they are not familiar with the Vigil project, the visual And now that we're in Lent, it's, there's lots of great resources there. And as Andrea said, it, it's such a healing and it's that beauty. And it's not just the music, I think you'll be pl- pleasantly uh, um, uh, y- y- surprised, maybe not surprised, uh, that uh, the, just the videos, the, the the content, it's just that sort of retreat ex- experience. I mean, I'm not describing it well at all here, but uh, um, maybe that's enough to get people interested in going. Um, Andrea, we have to leave it there. But I do hope that you mm-hmm. can finish your third album so that we can have an excuse to get you back on the show and play some of your music so that it's not just The Vigil Project featuring Andrea Thomas, but Andrea Thomas. Um, but it's been really good meeting. I'll we-
5: take that challenge.
0: Yes, do it. <laughs> Great do to it. meet you finally as well. Really, thank really you. good to meet you. And uh, thank you for doing for for doing what you're doing. Keep, keep doing it because that's definitely where you need to be. Um, and that's clear from just from seeing the joy that you radiate when you talk about it. Um, so that has been, that has been wonderful anyway. So it's been great talking with you, you and uh, we'll stay in touch. God bless.
5: Wonderful. God bless you. Thank you for your work.
0: That was a conversation I had with Andrea Thomas earlier this week. You can learn more about Andrea Thomas at her website, andreathomasmusic.com. And to learn more about the Vigil Project, go to the thevigilproject.com. And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to slmedia.org podcast. Here now to take us out is Andrea Thomas with Hosanna from The Vigil Project's Devotion, Volume 1. free We're listening to Andrea Thomas with Hosanna from The Visual Project's Devotion, Volume 1. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at slmedia.org podcast. You can also listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Salt and Light TV. And while you're there, you can look for me, Deacon Pedro, and send me a nice message. I hope that you had a wonderful beginning to the Lenten season. This one, our second COVID Lent. But we have so much to be thankful for, and may those blessings continue as we arrive at Easter. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. You are
3: holy, 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 Lord. You are God.